Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The match ball. Hello then, welcome to the show. Brought to you with Levi Solicitors. To get 10% off your legal fees, head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Uh, I'm Dan Moylan. Hello, and I'm joined by Michael Normanton. Hello. Moscow White as well, Daniel Chapman. Hello. Welcome to the Premier League then, lads. That had a bit of a Premier League feel to it, didn't it? Didn't enjoy that much in that second half. Stupid. I hope hope those six do fuck off and they can take Wolves with them. Poxy League, stupid. I want to win games. I want to win the league. I thought that's what we were doing. I thought that was the whole plan. I don't see how losing to Wolves, our first defeat of the season, fits with that that criteria. It looked in the first half like we were going to win the league because we absolutely had them on toast, didn't we, for 45 minutes. It was the proverbial game of two halves. What did you make of it? I'm not too disheartened, really. It was one of those where if things just break for us, we win that game. They weren't they weren't all that, were they? And Wolves are a really good side. Everyone was saying that until they'd lost to West Ham. Everyone was saying how good they'd been for the last few years. I did say after they lost to West Ham that they ought to have been closed down for that Santo sacked, no more Wolves. And I stand by that. I think that would have been a much better result all around. Tonight would have been a lot easier. Well, I very much enjoyed the first half, but not that second half. I found that second one quite difficult to watch. I mean, we've we've just watched this one together and um, you'll be aware that I just couldn't really watch that second half because um, they were dicking us. And when we spoke and previewed in advance of this, this game, this was kind of what I feared, a bit of a Premier League leveller where we would be quite good up to a point, but then we'd get punished because we lacked a certain amount of quality because there were just certain areas, not like Phillips, for example. You don't want to pick on Phillips because he's being great, but there were certain parts of his game tonight where he just didn't feel like he was on it. Maybe it was Southgate there. Maybe Southgate's ruined him and broken him forever. I don't know. I, I don't think we got dicked at any point. They were the better team in the second half, but they weren't as dominant in the second half as we were in the first. And I think it's all right to not dominate games for 90 minutes. It has been pointed out this is what Wolves are doing this season. They've not scored many apart, and um, they've not conceded many apart from that West Ham mess. They did what they needed to by playing well for about 15 minutes after half-time and then just defending like hell. I mean, it says everything about the game that we ended with Pablo Hernandez, Rafinha, Ian Perveda, Patrick Bamford, Rodrigo M., I'm sure the ghosts of Helder Costa and Jackie Harrison were still influencing the game from the sidelines. And Stuart Dallas and Lou Kaling are not really defenders. So, And what was happening, it was just Leeds attacking for the, the end of it and not scoring, which is, it was a little bit championship in some of those respects. You took the words right out of my mouth there. I was going to say exactly the same point. It feels a little bit like some of the games that we saw last season where we dominated and then just didn't make it count. But better because it was much more expensive. It feels a lot better to be watching Rodrigo 
um, missing chances and Rafinha not hitting his crosses than it did watching. I mean, Jackie Harrison was effectively free, wasn't he? He was always on loan. We've never paid a penny for him. So having £30 million players um, unable to score against Wolverhampton Wanderers, it's just like back when we had Samu Saiz and we couldn't score against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Caleb Ekubam. To approach it from a slightly more serious angle, it's fine, isn't it? Because we know we're going to lose a few games in the Premier League. You know, if we get sort of seven points out of every five games, whatever, we'll be all right. It's fine in the first half. Bear in mind my usual levels of pessimism. I think I may have said, we're not going down this year, are we? Because we just don't have that vibe about us. We look, we do look good. Certainly good enough to be staying up, which is as much as I ever dream of. Just not having the most heartbreaking thing in the world happen. That's all I want. I did have this game kind of, not hyped up, but just a little line, a circle around it on the calendar maybe. Don't lose that match. And that it would have been really nice if we'd won to kind of follow up um, beating Liverpool and beating Manchester City as we did and the the victories over um, Fulham and whatever else we've done this season and just get through that first kind of um, hype and hysteria the the excitement of coming into the Premier League and actually being really good at it which I think has lifted everybody's mood come out of the international break which was a complete waste of time and just made everything miserable and horrible but then restore ourselves regulation win over Wolves and then and then you kind of you're a little bit more relaxed about Aston Villa and what happens in the games after that because it's not about this season whether we can beat Liverpool and Manchester City which we did um, it's about beating Wolves and that's probably where we're going to be judged at the end of the season and we didn't so I guess it's relegation What do we take out of this game then? That we could have won their goal was it was a fluke wasn't it it was, an, it was it'll go down as, as his goal but it's an own goal is that it's going completely the opposite direction I don't think it's going in and what Calvin does to it means it's completely unsavable. and other than that it's not that the Calvin's open either that was because of a slip with that chance he even came about in the first place and then for some reason we had about five players all trying to tackle him and no one quite got around to it but they weren't it, it wasn't like when we played Wolves in the Championship the year where they went up when I remember them just absolutely blowing us away and it felt like they were on a completely different level to us this was they had some chances and there was obviously the one that was disallowed as well which felt well, I don't think any of us picked up on it being offside at the time. But they didn't they didn't dominate us in that game, I didn't think. And it was just looking at the um at the stats for it and stuff. Like we had the XG for because I know we always look at it, one point two six to point six three. So I'm claiming that as a win. But we had more possession. They it was they had one more shot on target than us. But there's you know, there's not an awful lot in that game. We completed a lot more passes, we had more corners. It's fine, is what I'm saying. It was just that fifteen minutes after half time that for some reason, we lost a grip more of ourselves than we did of them. But because we lost a grip of ourselves, um, things were breaking down. Like Jackie and Stuart would not connect the way they would or the way they would like to, and suddenly we'd, we'd be under pressure and there'd be an attack. And that wasn't happening um, in the first half. And yeah, teams we're set up to attack so relentlessly that when teams start attacking us, can be a bit of a, a different question. And the way that Jimenez for Calvin Phillips's goal, the way he was allowed to just run around the middle of the pitch after Stroik had, had slipped. It wasn't the first time that had happened. And I don't know if maybe everybody's a bit wary of Premier League referees and VAR and stuff, but I was thinking, Calvin, just take his neck off. <laughs> just go in there, you know, just somebody needed to just two-foot him and put a stop to it. But um, maybe that's something 
you know, there's lots of things we have to to get um, used to in the Premier League, and perhaps not being able to snap people at the the knees is one of them. What was the difference between the first half and the second half then, in in your opinion? Where where did it go wrong in that first spell in the second half? That's a football question, isn't it? Christ, I have no idea. It felt like we didn't have the ball in midfield very much anymore. It felt like the first half, I thought Click was absolutely brilliant. He was he seemed really dominant, and it seemed to be him threading stuff together, playing in mainly like Dallas and Ailing down the wings. It just felt like we were we were flooding them more because we had control of it in the middle of the pitch, and then all of a sudden. It felt like we couldn't ever get a hold of it in that second at the start of the second half, and whenever we did, passes were going astray, and we just never quite got to build anything. Towards the end, there was the, I think it was Pervader with the very late chance, wasn't it? That when it, 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 we didn't really get a proper angle of it, but it was coming across the box from Rafinha, and it looked like someone needed to tap it in, but it didn't feel like a particularly well constructed move. Whereas the first half, we were putting together some really nice things that maybe didn't ever quite lead to a, a proper chance. Maybe Wolves got better. I mean, Wolves are good. You know, I do still think they should have been closed down after losing to West Ham. Stand by it, but um, they are. Are they in the Europa League again this year? Um, they've finished seventh a couple of times in the Premier League, which is more than we've done for sixteen years. And Santo, um, I didn't realise until the the previews of all this match that it was him who signed Rodrigo for Valencia, um, however many years ago. So there's a lot of pedigree there and, you know, 16 players away licking Cristiano Ronaldo's poisoned face. It says a lot about their team and where they've got to and what they've been able to do. Conor Cody in the England squad, he's no Calvin Phillips, but he's, you know, they're of a level, um, probably not as far ahead of us as you would expect them to be after their two years in the Premier League, but they are there. And as for why, you know, they can beat us and Manchester City can't. Mysteries of football, in it? I mean, Manchester City beat Arsenal, so they actually aren't terrible. And, and looking at the sort of the investment that's gone into Wolves and we're obviously getting to that level now where we're spending a lot of money on players, but some of our better players today were the ones that we've not spent much money on. I thought Click and Ailing and Dallas were all really good. Um, I thought Cock is looking better with every game. I thought first half in particular, I thought it was brilliant. There were a few really nice things he did when he was playing the ball out of from the back as well. There was one where he looked like he was going to just sort of guard it out for a goal kick, but then he turned and sprinted upfield with it and played a good pass. And I don't, he's starting to look now like a like a good player. But there's not, I mean, within that defence, it's actually a, a really a pretty cheap thing, isn't it, as, as a whole, considering some of the money that's been spent. And until you mentioned Cork, I was going to say that's our virtue is those players. Ailing and Dallas have been doing this for two years and won the league doing it. And um, Bamford and all the players are actually the the bedrock and it's the it's fitting in players like Marino Rodrigo as he also calls himself and Cock and Rafinha being thrown on at the end Hernandez back from injury so hasn't drained much there's um expecting it to all be brilliant instantly like it was against you know I I glorify the the victory over Liverpool but we can't pretend that we didn't concede four goals in that game really there's a, there is a lot that still needs to be worked on as we get used to being in the Premier League and tonight probably um, to show that you, you will be able to get through a match in those educational stages like the Manchester City game and not lose it. But then other nights it's going to go in off Calvin's big bounce and Melier just won't be able to get there and that'll be that. And after that, um, you know, we're talking about the second half, and I keep saying at the end of that, you know, it's Wolves just sat back much more and played on the break. 
which they can do because they've got lots of really fast players who can run. The encouraging thing for me there is, is something you've kind of just touched on, Moscow, is that the gap wasn't that great between us and Wolves. You can see that we've narrowed that gap in a very short space of time, actually, and with a lot of players who've come from that lower level with us. We've we've done all right, I think. That's the that's the encouraging thing, if you're looking at the bigger picture. And also, we went into that game with without our first-choice centre-backs as well. I mean, we've been wanting this spare centre-back for years, and we've used them up already. We need, we need Berardi back as soon as possible, straight away. So it, it's not fair to really judge us on, on that, I don't think, because it's striker is not a player that anyone really thought would be starting games when you look at our squad in particular this season. Now, we, now we've got all the, we're loaded up with all these international centre-backs, and I include Scotland international Liam Cooper in that. To, to go into it with against um, Jimenez, who is a really, really good striker as well, like he scores 20 goals a season for Wolves, and it's not easy to play against him, and I thought overall we actually did all right. So I'm not I'm not worried. Is what I'm feels like everything comes back to. Are you worried about Stroik going off injured now as well? Yep, <laughs> I'm worried about that. Sign some more centre backs. We can't, can we? Um, I don't know. Just put Charlie Cresswell in or something. Somebody will come in. Somebody will come in. Um, yeah. So so what are your high points from tonight? Then who who were your your good performers? Because um, it feels like we f- we finished this disappointed, but that first half there was so much to be encouraged by because we dominated that game completely in the first half so who were your who were your good performers from the first half your star players I thought Cock was brilliant first half um, it feels like every game I see him he seems to improve a little bit and I can almost accept us not getting Ben White now because he probably is as good and half the price he's better I thought yeah I didn't want to say nah say it fuck Ben White he plays for Brighton um, yeah I really enjoyed Cock in the first half and you can quote me on that and Melier continues to just impress as the best goalkeeper I think I've ever seen. <laughs> um, that's maybe overdue. But his save from that um, the one right at the end of the first half, um, not only was it a, a good uh, block, but he had to sort of fight his way through Luke Ayling as well. Luke Ayling was standing on the goal line and Melier almost tripped over him and went flying and then still got up and made a really brilliant save. And the uh, the dive in the second half was a, a good one. And if the um, if that Jimenez's shot had been on target, I've no doubt Melier would have saved it because he just saves absolutely everything. And there's things like that that are, really are encouraging. You know, you come into the, the season, you worry about who the goalkeeper's going to be. Um, are they going to be any good? It's going to be Melier. And yes, he is. And that's a, a, a big benefit going forward. And Cork as well, if we're talking about players who are, going to have to learn how to, to play for Bielsa maybe it is the six months we spent sending him videos of how to play that has, um, that has made him adapt so much better but I think what I liked about tonight was that change that brought in Stroik so late and then it means alright Robin Cock you're the, the German international might be only 23 but you're the, the one with all the appearances you've played in the Bundesliga you're the senior centre back even though it's only your fifth game in this country, never mind this league. And he, he stepped up to that and he, he did it. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. 
Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, as you two are the note takers in this operation, I've got no idea about any of the chances now. The only thing I can remember is the goal that's gone in for Wolves. So uh, did we have enough chances to win that? Do you think on another night we could have won it? Yeah, I think so. I think with particularly considering the way the season started where everything Bamford has hit has gone in, it was almost somewhat surprising to see him shanking that one wide early on when it went past the right keeper's right hand post. He sort of opened his body up and put it, he didn't curl it in at all. But that's the sort of chance that in the opening few games he has been scoring. He did a full Steve Morrison with that one. He saw the corner flag and he went for it. There was an ailing one as well, I seem to remember, where it came across um, came across him on the right hand edge of the six yard box. I think it was blocked. I don't know, it felt like there was not any sort of guilt edge chances, but there were Chances as good as we have scored this season, which maybe indicates that we've scored some goals we shouldn't have done. But I don't like to say that. I think we've deserved everything. There was the other Bamford one as well, where it was crossed in low, and we couldn't tell if it was a um, if it had gone off the defender. But then they gave a goal kick, and if it was off Bamford, it was a pretty poor effort. But it was more straight on his back again. <laughs> well, you know, you hateful bastard. I, I want to see him missing chances for England. I'm still happy for it to happen, um, but it was. It was more, um, I mean, the one chance he actually did take well was the the corner that was offside. That was a good header. Um, I'm not even joking. I thought he finished it well. But it was more some of that um, championship stuff of us being really good up until the six-yard box and then somehow not quite finding the pass that goes to the right player. So there wasn't, you're not giving it to um, Bambino in a chance where he can't miss. It's always there's that, still that little bit too much to do, which, um, yeah, I'll get on Jackie's uh, Jackie Harrison's back about it. Give him better chances. <laughs> well, take your name back. Yeah, that is true. We didn't really have yeah guilt-edged chances, did we? No, it didn't feel like that. And I've only just remembered that they had a goal disallowed by VAR. Rightly. Uh, it was correctly off. And they should have had a player sent off by VAR as well. Until he, but he, he went lying down crying at the end, didn't he? Um, Jimenez, he yeah. kicked kicked cock in the cock yeah he seemed annoyed to have tried to kick him I didn't, he didn't seem to do anything to deserve it either didn't cock I, don't, I didn't understand at all what he was complaining about it's one of those things um, you didn't understand why he kicked him or why Jimenez was crying why well why he first of all tried to kick him and then why, was, why he was crying because he didn't seem like cock had done an awful lot wrong 
I think he tried to kick him because he's a dickhead, and then he started crying about it because he's a real dickhead. It was, I think, it was one of those um, a coming together, and on the way down, some players just do it, don't they? they just stick a leg out, and, go, and he did that. And then I think when he realised it had gone wrong, and maybe he thinks, "Ooh, that could be a mistake." He's like, "Well, I'll pretend he hurt me, and then I'll get the sympathy, and he'll get into trouble." That boy did it. It was all that. I did. Enjoy, it did at least, however, give us. Um, Bielsa wading into a, a developing brawl and just waving everybody away like a primary school teacher. That, that was one of those situations. The offside was obviously fairly clear cut, although I don't know about you, just the way it seems to be going at the moment, because the line seemed to very clearly show him being offside, I was fully expecting them to give it just because they were just going to go, oh, no, that's the line is different. The line will bend. And like, oh, hang on, but... Don't work like that in Leeds, different <laughs> gravity, innit? But the, I think the, the should have been red card, it's just that sums up what's wrong with VAR in that if the ref had sent him off, they wouldn't have overruled it. But because he didn't, nothing happened at all. And it's one, it's one of those where you think, well, there's got to be a right and a wrong. Or, or actually, no, there hasn't, because that's not the way refereeing games works. But that's what VAR tries to reduce things to, is that there must be a right and a wrong, which there actually isn't. But you, it ends up with everyone feeling a bit aggrieved in that situation, because they're like, well, he's kicked out there. David Beckham got sent off in the World Cup for that. Yeah, the whole thing is supposed to be, if the referee hasn't seen it, this guy watching it on television can say, oh, you've missed something, go and send him off. And that's the perfect example of what should have happened. You can't always expect the referee to spot the way a, a player's moved his legs in a, a tackle on the touchline. But if somebody's watching it on a massive widescreen telly with his feet up and a beer and can see that it's happened, then all he needs to do is get on his radio and say, right, when he stopped crying, send him off. And then it's done and it's sorted and that's exactly how it's supposed to work. I think the thing is you don't want to see those, the little nibbles, the little slight kickouts. You don't want to see that being given as a red card. But I because, do if it's a Wolves player well, against Leeds. Well, yeah, but because you have seen them, you then want that one to be clamped down on specifically for that incident. You just get him off. Because I've seen that once before in another game. I like mean, The one everyone's um, picked up on is, is Son at um, Tottenham who got sent off for exactly that by VAR. And yet, where's the consistency? I mean, if, if Click had done it, then I would find it hilarious and think it was banter but um and would want him to be given a trophy rather than a red card but um in this instance yes send all the wolves players off i mean actually no one got hurt and it was all fine wasn't it he looked like i mean he was down for ages for nothing he should have been allowed a free stamp at him what did you make of rafinha then when he came on we didn't see much of him but um some some bright bits in there it was nice to see that he kind of it looks like he's you know fitted in quite quickly and you know he knows where he should be <laughs> Like, that always helps, I think, when it comes to football. I know we're getting into football talk again, but you know what I mean? Complete waste of money. Why are we, why are we spending all this money on players? Didn't was, score, did he? Didn't score. Throughout the game, I was kind of thinking transfer fees are nonsense, aren't they? Because it's very hard to tell, just watching, maybe it's more obvious in other teams, but just watching our team, it's very hard to tell who cost money, a lot of money, and who didn't, isn't it? It's, it seems to be more about how well you fitted into the system. And it was, I think it was quite interesting that he chose to bring Pervader on before Rafinha, even though Pervader was a free transfer and we've just spent the best part of 20 million quid on Rafinha. It's just, it just shows that he likes people to know the system more than actually be a, maybe have the innate ability. Yeah, and I think Rafinha coming into that game, it was quite difficult to work out what we, we were just attacking. It was just everybody goes forward and uh, Ailing and Calvin kind of hang around the back line. You can tell transfer fees, Rodrigo, he looks expensive. He, he looks like um, Stella Artois used to and like a he's rolled up like a Ferrero Rocher some of his touches and some of his flicks and passes are just 
You are just naming things that aren't expensive, by the way. <laughs> but have an expensive... For a Rocher, like a quid. <laughs> All right, but actually, I mean, Stellar Artois used to market itself as reassuringly expensive. It did. So there you go. If you, if you can't be reassured by the expense of gallons of wife beater, then I don't know how you can be. Um, but on the other hand, Calvin Phillips, who cost us nothing, but would probably, I mean, there was the talk over the weekend of fifty million pound bids from Liverpool, which I think might be revenge for um, the project, big picture stuff. But I guess we'll talk about that on the, the main podcast. Even though he did not have his best game tonight and scored for Wolverhampton Wanderers, which he's not supposed to do, when we were trying to get an equaliser, there was a moment when he was um, on the right and he played a inch perfect pass over to um, Dallas on the left wing. And Dallas gave it him straight back and he'd moved into the middle and he just turned around and played an inch-perfect pass over to Perveda on the right wing. And and you're just looking at him going, yeah, Calvin Phillips, this isn't your best game, but you're still really, really good. And that's you know maybe another reassuring thing. We've got loads of really good players, so I think we'll, we'll win the league on, on that basis in the end. And I think potentially some of our best players are still not properly integrated in the team, are they? That's the thing. We may well end the season with Costa on the bench and Rafinha starting games and Paveda playing number 10 while Rodrigo's up front. There's a lot, there's a long way to go in this season and I think maybe our best players are not yet playing in their final positions and that's not a dig at Bamford. We could end up with Luke Ayling in goal and um, Pascal Stroik playing off Bamford up front. It's anything about Sam Greenwood. Get Joffy Gelhart in the team. I know Greenwood's injured but, you know, if we're looking for a little bit of inspiration, that's the next thing that's going to happen because this is the kind of thing I've, I've Get Eddie Green and play the kids because we lost one game. <laughs> exactly. What I was hoping we'd avoid um, by beating Wolves was any sort of hint of that because it it just it just you know reasonably because we did lose um, to what was a championship team. We did lose to Wolves, so you have got to look at it and say, Eddie Gray, why hasn't Gelhart? I mean, he's been absolutely sensational for the under twenty threes. What's the point in Joffy Gelhart having good games for the under twenty threes? if he can't even get into the first team past what's-his-face, Rodrigo. <laughs> Just because he costs a lot of money. Uh-huh. Uh, back to Rodrigo for a second. That flick that he did, I can't remember exactly which chance it was in the first half, but he was sort of in the forward right-hand area and he just did that little flick back through his legs, whatever it was that he did. It, I just went, ooh, at the time. That was, I think it was my highlight of the game. There's a lot of that. He does that quite a lot. I like him. He'll be good. <laughs> you think so? I think he'll be a good player for Leeds United, yes. <laughs> in your expert footballing opinion. <laughs> <laughs> my, my assessment uh, at least we can laugh about tonight I, mean, I, I think when you compare it to like last year when losing a game like this when it's been quite tight and quite even would have felt like an absolute hammer blow and you think well that's it we're not going up we might as well shut it down now we've had 100 years as I said last year it's been a good run if we haven't gone up pack it in just knock it on the head kibosh it but actually do you know what it's fine isn't it and we, we crack on next time have we got Villa on Friday we have. We've got a little bit of reaction from tonight as well. Uh, Connor Cody kind of hints at what we were saying before about um, the way Wolves handled it. He says it was a massive result for us. It's about 100 miles an hour when you play against them. But we had a plan and we stuck with it. It's about managing the game. I think that's kind of where they got it. They they um, they sailed their ship through rocky waters as we attacked them relentlessly and then just scored a goal bastards not not conceding and then scoring seems to have been their their plan a cunning plan at that Mm. 
But they didn't deserve to score. It was an own goal. We gave them it. They'll, I think that means in the return game, they have to let us score or something. Is that the way it works? Bielsa has pointed out uh, he's on his old favourites about there being many interruptions. So it was difficult to find continuity in the game. And um, and the, then when we didn't take when an offensive team, which he means leads, but not in the offensive um, Mary Whitehouse sense, um, doesn't take their chances, the opponent grows confidence. And given how the game went, we thought we did enough to create a lead. You want to know what we didn't do as well in the second half? Lost some offensive capability. I mean, it's being live, blocked out of the, the press conference by Leeds Live. So I'm imagining there was probably more to it than that. But um, I'd take that assessment. Yeah, we lost some offensive capability. Well summed up, Marcelo. You, you can come again. <laughs> it's almost like he knows what he's doing, isn't it? I want well, Allardyce if you, know, if you know what he's doing, why didn't he beat Wolves? Allardyce alongside Eddie Gray. Um, it's customary when we'll do, we're recording the um, the main podcast tomorrow as this stands because of the stupid layout of the fixtures this week. So we'll have a proper dive into heroes and villains um, tomorrow. But just off the top of your head, who have you got for, for tonight? Speaking of offensive things, the Wolves badge really upset me. I'm not a fan of tonal badges anyway. And they seem to have gone for two colours that are almost the same on a tonal badge, which is a very odd choice. Um, they're... That player for Wolves, Pedro Quicksave. What was he called? Neto. Neto. Um, him. He can be a villain, although a hero, because I really only mentioned him to do that joke. <laughs> Last time we played Wolves, when they beat us 3-0, we had BPF, uh, Super Duper, Pontus Janssen, Vernon and Nita Berardi. If only he'd have been there tonight, he'd have snapped him and Ed's. Stuart Dallas, Adam Forshaw, Calvin Phillips, Pierre-Michel Lasaga, Hardy Sacco and Samo Saiz from three. We brought on after just 36 minutes. How's this for a defensive crisis? Liam Cooper went off. Matthew Pennington came on. Um, Hernandez for Sacco. And when uh, Pierre-Michel Lasaga wasn't quite doing it, and we were a minute away from going three goals down, just before that happened, Caleb Ekuban came on. Now, of course, the goal-scoring sensation linked with moves to the Champions League clubs. We've come a long way. We have team talk done for Friday, by the way, because um, Gabby Agbonlahor, who you'll be aware we're playing Villa on, on Friday. Well, you were going to say Yorath. <laughs> what's she done? She's a Leeds fan. Uh, he said, Leeds are a myth. Maybe all the pundits will get out of Bielsa's arse. Have you seen Agbonlahor's face, though? He looks like he's malfunctioned. His eyes don't line up properly. And he's, he's, I described a video of him the other day as looking like a deep fake. You know when it's like a, someone else's face has been mapped over the top of it? And he's, there's just something not right about the man. Just go go and look at any picture of him. He looks wrong. Not a myth. We exist. The Loch Ness Monster's a myth. Leeds United are a football team. Jimmy, he seems very confused. And Sir Jimmy Hasselbank's been giving advice about game management to Bielsa as well in the in the post match on uh, on Sky. So that's uh, so that's good. That's I hope that did they actually put him through? Did they patch him through like uh, Klopp to Keane? Because that would have been quite something. Bielsa, I will not do interviews. No, here's Sky. They've got Jimmy Hasselbank wants to tell you how to play football. That is one thing I'm enjoying. He's been written off and we're going to be written off. Like, for example, conceding the late one against Liverpool. Everyone's like, ah, we'll see the shit really. And now losing to uh, to Wolves. Ah, leads are shit really. We're not shit. You, you do win and lose games in football. That's how it works, I gather. I think that's one of the things that's been quite pleasant about our good start of the season is not just that it puts us um, in a handy position to win the title in uh, May, but also it'll wind a lot of people up now so they'll be extra angry um, when we win and then they'll just be annoying when we lose but that's kind of the position we want to be in if we were like 18th and, and struggling to stay in the division there, there wouldn't be um, that 
that light and shade. And I think we will be spending more time in the light it does, between uh, Patrick Bamford's um, wonky legs. It does feel like the rules are different for us. Like we could finish 12th this year and people would be like, see. Crap. Yeah, rubbish, aren't they, Leeds? We'll like, no, that's, the that's pretty myth. good. That's pretty good for a newly promoted team. We're like, well, you, yeah. you all said you all said you're the best team in the world. Pathetic. Get out of Bielsa's ass. What has Gabriel Agbonglahor done ever that gives him the right to tell us whose ass we should or shouldn't be in? I think he spent the last few years at Villa just collecting a wage, more or less, while being injured and shit. Well, we'll see, won't we? Um, whether that one backfires on Friday or not, whilst. Um, he obviously um, frothed himself up over Jack Grealish. Um, in the meantime, let's sleep on it and we'll reflect on it properly and get full reaction on the main podcast that we're recording on uh, on Tuesday afternoon. But in the meantime, it's fine, isn't it? Yeah, it's fine. We'll win the league. We'll be right. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Europa League, maybe. Nice one. To get early access to the match ball, head to the squareball.net forward slash plus TSB plus subscribers. Get this one a little ahead of uh, everyone else on the free feed. All our podcasts are on there ad-free as well if you fancy uh, getting involved with that, the squareball.net forward slash plus. Well, that wraps up this one. We'll catch you next time. The Match Ball. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.